Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. God is so good to us. Uh, we Today, uh, that being that it is Pentecost Sunday, I felt like just uh, teaching something different today, so we're not in our gravel road book today. We'll pick that back up next week. But uh, I just wanted to talk about this day, why God uh, let us be part of that, what it means for us. And, um, it, you know, uh, Pentecost, that feast that Israel was a part of, uh, it, had a, it had a meaning for them specifically, but it was a foreshadowing of something coming for us. And so um, God had a reason for it. It wasn't just a, uh, another holiday or, or, or another feast. It, it, it had meaning that Israel uh, wouldn't realize for a, a long time coming. So uh, if you have your Bibles, Jeremiah, Jeremiah 31 and verse 33 be our focus verse today, Jeremiah 31 and 33. He said, but this shall be the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, saith the Lord, I will put my law in their inward parts. Now, if you read that in the New King James, it, that says in their mind. Uh, so in their inward parts and then write it in their heart. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. So today's lesson is titled, The Handwriting on the Heart. Handwriting on the Heart. Let's pray for the lesson today. Jesus, we love you and just honor you in this place. And God, we thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. Lord, let us hear what the spirit would say today to us as we read this word and study today. God, we're going to give you praise for it. We just ask it today in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise before you're seated. Thankful for the Holy Ghost today. Thankful for His Spirit. You can be seated. God bless you. The Bible says the Holy Ghost shed abroad in our hearts. God does a heart uh, procedure on us when we allow it. That's the thing is um, one of the key uh, principles to understand about uh, this new birth experience is that it's not a forced, is, it is mandatory, it is necessary, it's, it can't be uh, reasoned away. The new birth must happen, you must be born again, that's scripture. But it is not a forced um, Mandate on us. It is not something that God, uh, you know, uh, forces on us and, and just takes us aside and goes, hey, you're getting this whether you like it or not. It's, he's not like that. We must allow Him. And what He had planned for us was uh, He wanted us to have the ability to live for Him and uh, to be what He wanted us to be. You know, Acts 1 and 8 says that uh, we shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, all the other most parts of the earth. And so, and so we think about that and, and because of what's going on with the disciples, the apostles and everything that's happening, the church is being born, that um, it is um, simply 
Uh, he's given power to preachers, but he's given power to the saints, to the people. This, the powers, that uh, ability, the dunamis uh, in the Greek, the ability uh, of God to, to do things. That's why Jesus said, you'll be able, if I go away, you're going to do the things I've done in greater because you'll have uh, my uh, innate ability. You, you're not going to be the Savior. You're not the Lamb of God, of course, um, but you will be the sons of God. You'll be his children. The Spirit itself beareth witness that we are his children. And so uh, to be a witness, uh, oftentimes it's not with what I say. It's with what people see. It's with, and not, he said, you'd be witnesses unto me. And so it's also about what God sees, you know, because a lot of our life is lived outside of the public view. What does God see when we're not there? Uh, God said, I need my people to be able to live for me. And so uh, if we had a, a lesson, big idea, we could say that it is that I will make a decision. I'm going to allow the Holy Ghost to actually empower me to live the way that God wants me to live. You know, God has a way he wants you to live. That's scripture. You know, uh, to do justly, love, mercy, mercy, walk humbly with your God. Let's hear the conclusion of the matter. To fear God and keep the commandments. God's got a way he wants us to live. He wants us to live by his word. He uh, is laid out over and over in the Old Testament. He, how God would just tell them in that law, that Mosaic law, just if you do these things, man, you're going to be blessed going in, blessed going out. You'll be above only, not beneath, you know. Everything you do, I mean, it's just going to be blessed. But if you refuse and you rebel and you don't live according to my word, here's all the stuff that's going to happen to you. That's not what I want. Uh, I want you to live the way that I want you to live. God wants us to live a certain way. God does not say, hey, I'm going to cause you to be born again. I'm going to make you a new creature and then just turn you loose to do what you want to do. Be yourself. I know we have different personalities and, you know, the, the surface likes and dislikes and things like that. But as far as being God's children and living by the word, that can't change. It can't be varied. It can't be like, well, this group lives it like this. This group lives it like this because his word doesn't change. And so we, it, it's not even of private interpretation. We can't say, well, this is what it means for me, so this is the way I'm going to live it. It means what it means. And so God has a way that he wants us to live, and he said, I, I'm going to do this by putting my law in their mind and writing it on their heart, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. That's how this is going to happen, and that's what uh, was going to happen at Pentecost. God was going to uh, change the lives of people and not just give them some head knowledge, but he was going to give them something in the heart because, you know, it's different in the mind and the heart. In the mind, we know. In the heart, we do. You can have head knowledge and know, but not do anything. But when it's in your heart, the Bible says, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the heart is where things proceed, out of the heart of the issues of life. And so uh, the scripture is adamant about us Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. And, uh, and even he said, you know, you can uh, look, you know, he even said something, you know, that we could do that was bad. He said, you, you look on a woman to lust after her, 
uh, in your heart. Well, you've already committed adultery in your heart. At your heart, it's the actions. And so God said, I want you to have more than just a head knowledge uh, because you can know things and then not do them. It's just in your mind, just there. You know it, but you don't do it. When I put it in your heart, then you're able to actually live this thing. You're actually to walk in the ways that I ask you to walk and do those things. If it's, if it's not in your heart, you just don't do it. Because your heart and your treasure are tied together. And if your treasure is this life living with God, you'll live it. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart's going to be also. And if you really treasure God and treasure his word and treasure this life, you know, there's, there's some people that they can, they can get bought in to so many things in this world. Some people, you know, they, uh, they, I guess it started with church people. They would call us fanatics because, you know, just live for God. Go to church every time the doors open. Man, you're crazy. Just fanatics. But people are fanatics about working out. I am not skipping gym. I ain't missing a gym day. You know, I'm going. They're sold out to it. I'm going to be there because it's making a difference in my life. And, and so I go. Why, why do you go? Because I feel better when I go. I'm getting stronger. I'm, I'm doing, you know, or, I'm, or their diet, whatever. They get bought into these things. And, man, you cannot get them off of it. And so why is it so wrong for us to be that bought in or, as they used to say, sold out to the Lord that we would just, you know, because people say, you're, you're this and you're that for going to the gym all the time. And you'd be like, well, I'm going to be healthy and you ain't going to be. You, you have all these arguments against them and stuff like that. You take up for your uh, going to the gym or playing ball, whatever it is, and just be like defending it. But as soon as somebody says, are you one of them holy roller, fanatic, Bible thumper, got to, you know, and we just back down from it, just get quiet and just, uh, I don't want to offend nobody, but I do love the Lord. You know, what happened to just being the people of God and letting the light shine? You know, what, you know what the problem with a lot of people's light is today? They put a dimmer switch on it. So it just shines. Oh, it's still on. Just, let me adjust it when I get in a crowd. I'll, I'll dim it a little bit. <laughs> oh, oh, and then here I'll turn it back up. When I get to church, it's wide open. You know, but then when I get at school, dim. Or I get at work, dim. Or I get around friends, dim. You know, just let's dim it. Oh, it's still on. It's still on. Yes, I, I still, I can still verbally say I'm a Christian. But God wants you to live for Him. And friend, if Pentecost was anything on that day, it was God giving us the power to be His children. No longer just in word, but in deed. No longer just in theory, but in fact, that now this has happened. That's why he said, this is that that was spoken of by the prophet Joel. This is not something that we made up. This was prophesied, given to Joel by the Lord, and now it has come to pass. God is pouring his spirit out, and that can't be stopped. And those that gladly received it, they had to allow this to happen to them. And that's what happened with the, the 120, they allowed it. They went and they tarried. They loved it so much that they would just sit and tarry and wait and not even know what they're waiting on. And what it's going to sound like, what it's going to be like, how's it going to happen? Is it coming you know, in a box? Is it coming in a bottle? What, what, what's happening until it happened? And until you allow it, you, you'd be like all them on the outside going, 
they're questioning it and they're mocking it. And they're going, these men are drunk. These, you know, they're, they're acting crazy. They're off their rocker, whatever it is they want to say about it. But, man, when you allow it. But then all those that were mocking, all those that were questioning, when it finally hit their heart, because it said they were pricked in their heart, now they're asking the question, what shall we do? How do we get this? Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, that you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and so... Uh, and they said and when they received that, they were added to the church. They became part of the body. They became what God wanted them to be. But from that point on, they said they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. It didn't go away when they went to work. It didn't go away when they, when they went to the next town. It, it, they, they continued steadfastly in this doctrine. This thing that changed them was now their life. They loved God before. They believed in the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. They got a revelation of who he was, that he was Jesus. This same Jesus that you have crucified is both Lord and Christ. That's why the Jews were so upset because they knew, hey, there's only one Lord. We, we know there's only one, and we crucified him. What do we do? How do we get out of this? How do we fix this? How do we change where we are? Because that's what happened to Paul. He was persecuting the church, thought he was doing God a service till God knocked him down. He said, well, who are you, Lord? Well, I'm Jesus that you're persecuting. Oh, probably thought he wasn't going to get out of this, but you know what God did? Filled him with the Holy Ghost and he was baptized in Jesus' name, just like they were on the day of Pentecost. Pentecost came so that we could live the life that God wanted us to live if we will allow it. We've got to allow God to do this work in our life. In the book of Galatians, uh, that's what uh, he, Paul is writing at the end of this book in, in chapter 5, in verse 16, he said, This I say then, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. There's a way that God wants us to live. He wants us to stay away from things that will hurt us. Our flesh uh, is such a hindrance to us. I will guarantee you that it is ever much a hindrance, uh, our flesh, as any spirit is. Our flesh. It's our, our fleshly desires that, that get us in trouble. Uh, he, he said, if you'll, but if you will walk in the spirit, well, you got to be filled with the spirit before you walk in it. So once you're filled with the spirit, now you Walk in the Spirit because the Spirit came to do what? Guide us, Jesus said. The Spirit of truth has come. He will guide you into all truth. That's be a way for you to live. Uh, before they had that Spirit, they couldn't recognize who they were because they wanted to call fire down one day and, and devour some people because they wouldn't receive Jesus. And he said, you don't know what Spirit you're of. They didn't know yet because they hadn't had it yet. They were watching him, but they didn't quite catch it. And he said, but once that spirit comes, the spirit of truth has come, it's going to get inside of you, and it will guide you into all truth. And so if we are walking in the spirit, we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. Hands down. Walk in the spirit, and ye shall not. He didn't say you, he didn't say you wouldn't have trouble with your flesh. He said you just won't. Do the things that you don't want to do. But when you live in the flesh, you're going to have trouble. He said, for the flesh, it lusts against the spirit, and that's spirit with a big S, the Holy Ghost. It, our spirit wars against God. It wars against 
uh, the, the Holy Ghost and the, the Holy Ghost against the flesh, and they are contrary the one to the other. So you cannot do the things that you would. You, you can't do those things that you want to do in your flesh, but if you're led of the Spirit, you're not under the law because the law, with all that it was, and I, I'm jumping a little bit ahead in the lesson, but part of what the celebration of Pentecost was was uh, celebrating God's provision and the giving of the Mosaic law. And, uh, and as good as the law was, the law was good for them. It provided uh, ways for them to live moral, to be upright, to do those things. They still had trouble with it. I mean, you see people like David, who was a man after God's own heart, wanted to live by the law, still had trouble with his flesh. Solomon, God loved Solomon, king like no other, loved God's law, had trouble with his flesh, couldn't keep, just kept getting married. Just kept getting married. Did, did he do that all one at a time or did he just say, send 500 over and let's, let's do this? I mean, how did he do that? I mean, because if he had, what, he had a thousand? Was it like a thousand wives? I mean, wasn't that right? Something that's like a thousand. 1,000 wives? Is that 1,000 wedding ceremonies? Or like I say, did he just, hey, send me 500 and let's see what, this one, this one, that, that, this one, this one, you know, and, and you, you 500 come with me and there we are. He, but he, you know what happened? It turned his heart away from God. And so as much as he loved God, built that temple, did that dedication, prayed that prayer, said the right things. God loved him for him just asking for wisdom to lead his people. Trouble in the flesh. The law, the law was there, and if you could live it, man, it was going to keep you, but it didn't, the law did not provide a, the power for you to do it. And that's why uh, Pentecost had to happen. We had to have that power. So, so he said, but if you led of the Spirit, you're not in the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. These, adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings, and such like of which I tell you before, I've told you in the time past, they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God, but the fruit of the Spirit. See, something comes with the Spirit. There's an ability to live away. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. And against such there is no law. And they that are Christ, they have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. And if we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. God had a way that he intended for us to live, and that is to live in the Spirit. Not just live in the Old Testament, it was lived by the letter. In the New Testament, it's lived by the Spirit. Hello? That's it. That doesn't mean that we are exempt from keeping God's Word. It's now we have an ability to keep God's Word because we have a Spirit uh, that is uh, stronger than our flesh. It is. The Holy, if you think your flesh is stronger than the Holy Ghost, it ain't. It's just that the Holy Ghost will never force you to live right. It will lead you. That's why you must allow it to lead you and to guide you into all truth. Whenever there's a split in the road, you're like, mm, I really shouldn't go that way. And the Holy Ghost is going, you sure shouldn't. But we often do. 
The Holy Ghost failed me. No, you just didn't listen to it. The Holy Ghost never fails us. We just refuse to listen. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation when he's tried. You know, uh, you know, but, but if we give in to that temptation, if we, when that, uh, we just can't take, you know, we, we're, just, we're out of the spirit. Man, we haven't prayed, we haven't worshipped, we haven't read our Bibles, we haven't been doing anything right. That means we don't have the Holy Ghost. We just have quenched it. We've put a rock on top of that well of living water, and now our flesh is in the driver's seat. And that's why you see Holy Ghost-filled people doing things that you know ain't of the Spirit. They've been, I know, I prayed with them in the altar. I know they had the Holy Ghost. Yeah, but you can quench the Spirit. The Bible says so. It warns us not to do it. Do not quench the Spirit. When you quench the Spirit, you stop it from flowing in your life. And the Holy Ghost, that river of living water, it will always flow in the right direction. It's on the banks where your trouble's at. You've got to stay in the river. People's pulling off to the bank and getting out, but the, it's a river of living water. So I want to stay in the river. I, I don't want to get on the banks. I want to stay in the river because it's a river of living water. I want to stay because it's going to flow to the right place in the right direction. It's going to take me to where God wants me to go. It's when I start sightseeing. Oh, what was that? Let me pull off here and check that out. Now i got to get out of the river to get to that. Now that I'm out of the river, I'm no longer flowing in the right direction. So there's nothing wrong with being spiritual people. God wants us to be spiritual. You which are spiritual. He talks about us in restoring people. He said, uh, you see a brother or a sister overtaking a fault, you that are spiritual. In other words, that you're listening to the Holy Ghost, you're living in the Holy Ghost. Hey, it doesn't mean you don't have struggles in your life but you're living the way God wants you to live you're doing the things you're supposed to be doing you know you're fighting your battles you're praying your prayers you're doing your fast you're doing everything you can to keep yourself right but you are living in the spirit my life is lived in the spirit you can have you can make mistakes but the spirit will help you get over that you know what the spirit will do if it guides you into all truth Here's what happens when people make mistakes in the flesh. They get angry, they get bitter, they get defensive, they quit. But when you make mistakes and you're living in the Spirit, you repent, you forgive. Yeah, you, you ask forgiveness, you, you, you get humble, you get meek, and that, because the Spirit will guide you into the truth. And the truth is, is you'll never be better being bitter or being angry but you will be better when you're humble because if we humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God in due time, he'll exalt us. That's what he'll do. He'll lift us up. So I want to live in the spirit. That's what Pentecost was about. It was that first outpouring of God's spirit. That was where it happened. At. It said when the day of Pentecost was fully come and he began to pour that out. They, What is going on here? This is what Joel was talking about. You've read it in the synagogues. How many times over the years you've heard it read, you've read it yourself, don't you realize now God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh? Yeah. But they didn't until a, a man under that anointing stood up and told them this is what it is. And wow, well, you think about all these Jewish people that were there because this was, the, he said, uh, Peter said, let all the house of Israel know assuredly He's talking to the Jews. They were devout men from every nation, devout Jews from all over the place. They were there. 
This was a, a Jewish festival. Gentiles not hanging out on the day of Pentecost. This is a Jewish festival. They're remembering God's provision, the harvest, and the things that God gives. They're remembering the, the law that they stuck so adamantly to and were so self-righteous about and zealous about. They were just, this was their day. And now here's all these people, these, these drunk fishermen up in an upper room speaking in other tongues and, and going crazy. What's going on here? And they didn't believe it until something hit them in the heart. Well, what do we do? This is what you got to do. He told them, repent, be baptized. You got you to admit you were wrong, fella. Okay, the heart's hurt. Easy to repent when your heart's broke. Starts repenting. People are getting baptized. These people that were mocking are now speaking in tongues, just like the ones they were going, hey, they're drunk. You know, they, the ones that doubted were now believing. They were receiving. They were becoming different. And no longer were they against Christ, but they were for Christ. And they were living their lives for him continually. They had all things common. Uh, they, they were helping each other out. Man, they were selling their possessions and taking in the money and giving it for revivals and things, just furthering the church. And everybody was just in one place, in one mind, in one accord. And they were just growing and being blessed. And everywhere they went, lives were being changed because everywhere they went, they were having another Pentecost. They went down to Samaria, another Pentecost. Holy Ghost falling on people, people being baptized, miracles, signs, wonders. Everywhere they went, catching eunuchs in the desert. <laughs> hey, man, come on, let me talk to you about Jesus. Baptizing them in water, you know, I mean, just things are happening. Pentecost was happening everywhere they went, and it was changing people's lives. Peter went to, uh, he had preached to the Jews, but then he goes to Cornelius' house. Devout man, feared God, gives alms to the people, praying, fasting, here comes an angel swooping in and saying, man, God ain't going to let this go by. So, so go send for Peter. He'll tell you what you need to do to be saved. He's fasting, praying. What else has he got to do? He's got to have the new birth. He's got to have a Pentecost in his house. And so here comes, uh, here comes Peter preaching. While he's preaching, the Holy Ghost falls on, on them just like it did on the Jews in the upper room. And they all, all these Gentiles are speaking in other tongues. And he says, well... If they, got it, if they went this far, who can forbid water that these should not be baptized? And so they took them and baptized them, and then he commanded it. Be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. And they were. They had their own personal Pentecost, and now the Gentiles are part of that all flesh. And they're able to live a way that God wanted them to live. They can actually do this. This is, this is what Pentecost is talking about. Is uh, th this uh, new covenant that was coming and that, that Jeremiah was talking about there that um, is coming. God's not going to just uh, be somewhere that, that only the priest can access, but God's about to start writing his law in your mind. He's about to start writing his law in your heart, and things are going to start changing for you. We'll no longer have to come with these sacrifices yearly uh, trying to, uh, atone and make these atonements but Christ is going to go to that cross and he's going to shed his blood and, and it's going to be uh, for all people and all you have to do now to access that blood is be baptized in his name for without the shedding of blood there is no remission and so we know that, uh, that he uh, died for the remission of our sins so we're baptized in his name for the remission of sins and now uh, well, how do, what about this heart spirit so you can live it, so you can actually do what I want you to do. Ezekiel, 
36, I think I, I'm jumping around a little bit, but in Ezekiel 36 and 24, this just to me just mirrors and foreshadows uh, that Pentecost so well. He said, for I'll take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and bring you to your own land, and then I'll sprinkle clean water upon you, and you'll be clean from all your filthiness, from all your idols. I'm going to cleanse you. And now, here comes the heart. A new heart also will I give you. A new spirit will I put within you. I'll take away the stony heart out of your flesh. I'll give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You shall keep my judgments and do them. Friend, that's it. You, because he's never made this statement without saying, you'll have to have my spirit to do it. It's going to take my spirit for this to happen, for, for you to fully execute this life and this walk and to live for me, you're going to have to have my spirit. I'm going to cleanse you, though. I'm not going to just put my spirit in anybody. I'm going to cleanse you. I'm going to wash you from your filthiness. That's why we're baptized in Jesus' name, so we can be washed and cleansed from our sins. But now he's going to fill us with his spirit. Now, he, Sometimes we get the Holy Ghost before uh, that, that cleansing. Sometimes they're filled first and then they're baptized but both of it's got to happen because it's both part of the new birth. But none of it happens without repentance. God's not putting the Holy Ghost in someone who's unrepentant. If they won't repent, that means they, they have no desire to live for God. And God's not going to say, well, let's, let's see if I give you this and see if it changes your mind. No, you've got to make your mind up that I, I realize I need God. I need something else. I've got to have the Lord now. I can't just live and say... I hate God, and boom, all of a sudden you're speaking in tongues. What? No, that's, you know, I don't, I don't even believe in you, God. You ain't talking in tongues either. You ain't filled the Holy Ghost either because you're going to have to make your mind up, this is what I want. I want a different life. I want uh, to not just know and have a little head knowledge about God, but I want it written in my heart. That's why, you know, David, he, he had this idea. He knew that uh, if I can get this right, if I can get it in my heart, it'll help me. Because he said, thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against you. He knew if I can, I, I read it, I study it, I memorize it, I can quote it, but if I can get it in here, that's going to help me not to sin against you. But see, you can't force it into your heart. God's got to write it on your heart. God's got to put it in your heart. And so, uh, you know, Maybe that, that prophecy fits us today because now that heart, the veil's been torn and the heart's turned to the Lord and, and now we can open our heart up and, and man, we, yeah, we can hide that word in our heart because we have access to the Spirit to do those things and now we can uh, live right and do right and do what God's called us to do. And that's what Pentecost was about. It was about letting God fill us with His Spirit uh, having our sins washed away, being able to live the life that God wants me to live. God's got plans. You know, people say, oh, God don't care how I live. But then they'll have that hand towel hanging in their bathrooms with Jeremiah 29, 11 on it. Is that just for drying your hands or do you believe what that scripture says? I, I see that Jeremiah 29, it's 11 everywhere. For I know the plans I have for you. I know the thoughts I think about you and think towards you and, and to give you an expected end. And it's all these things that God said, I know what I've got lined up for you. And if, God's got plans for me. I, well, I thought you could just live your own life. 
It can't be both. I want you to live God's way. You can't live God's way and your way. It don't work. It don't work like that. You can't serve two masters. When you live your way, that's, you're living to the flesh. Your flesh is the master. That's why I said don't yield to the flesh. Don't you know that whoever you yield to, that's who uh, servant you are? So yield yourself unto righteousness. What's that? That's the way God wants you to live. He wants you to live righteous. Uh, he wants you to live honorable. He wants you to be, uh, serve him in sincerity and truth and walk upright before him. That's what Pentecost was doing. That's what it was not only fulfilling what Joel had written, but it was also what Jeremiah was writing about. God's going to uh, write in our mind, in our inward parts, and also in our hearts so that we're able. Because when you read the Old Testament, you know what one of the common themes is? Israel falling flat on their face. It is. It never ceases to amaze me, no matter how many times I read through Kings and Chronicles, how that one king can be doing everything right and serving God. He's done tore down all the groves, all the idols. They're worshiping God again. Things are going right. He dies. His son steps in and does wicked and, and starts building. I'm like, did you not see how blessed your dad was? But it's because they were in their flesh and they wanted what their flesh wanted and they couldn't, you know, did all that, the, the law and things like that, you know, they just couldn't do it. They, they, were, they had took in all these things from around them and so it was vexing them and it was hurting them and it was causing them trouble. And you see just a great, great king. God's just doing great, great things. And I mean, it's just fabulous. And, and boy, he, he passes away and they bury him in the uh, city of David with his fathers. And then here comes his son. He's just tearing the place up. Next thing you know, people are getting killed, hauled off to another country, the temples broke down again. Wall. How many times are they going to build that gate and build that wall? Because it's just over and over and over. Look at the destruction that come from not living the way God wanted them to live. It was full of destruction and bad stuff, and, and it was all because they couldn't do it. But now God has given us of his spirit, poured it out on all flesh, put his spirit within us, causing us to walk in his statutes. Not forced, not like, he said, that's not like he's for. No, this is the, the only way that you will be able to walk in his statutes and keep his judgments and do them. It's through that spirit. There's got to be that change of heart. Something's got to happen inside of us. We've got to have that spirit. Our flesh is incapable of keeping up. If we try to just do it in our flesh, we're frustrated, we're going to fall, we're going to make mistakes. We'll quit because it was all being done in our flesh and not the spirit. It, it, it was more about keeping up with the rules and not about a relationship. And that's what the spirit, uh, pouring out of the spirit was about. It was about giving us a relationship with him. It wasn't about an organization. It wasn't about carrying a card. It wasn't about a certain group. It, it, it wasn't about a denomination it was about a relationship. The Bible says the Spirit uh, itself bears witnesses that we are the, the sons and daughters of God is letting us know now we have a relationship with Him. And, and that's important to have that relationship with God. 
I want his law in my mind, sure, because I want to know about him, but I want it in my heart because in my mind I know, but in my heart that's how I do. And when I get it in my heart, I can do the things that I want to do. I can do the things and live like I want to live. And if I wind up submitting to my flesh and something and making a mistake and, and, and being just stupid like people are, hey, I mean it, we do stupid things. We say stupid things. We, we get out of control. We get in our flesh. But when I live in the Spirit, it'll say, here's how you fix that. You're, you find an altar. You, 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 you know, the Scriptures over and over listed with ways, be reconciled one to another. Be kind, tenderhearted, loving one another, forgiving one another. Pray for one another. Pray for your enemies. It's always giving you ways to stay in the flow, to stay in the river. The Spirit's always there to give us His words of Spirit, and they are life. That's what He said. So my life is, uh, I, I use this a lot, but it says, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the Word of God. And so I always think, well, then I want my world framed by the Word of God. Not just this big world I live in, um, but my world. I want it framed by the Word of God because it'll stand. Jesus gave the parable. You can live your life any way you want to, but you'll be like a man who builds his house on the sand. And when the storms come and the floods rise and the winds start blowing, that house will fall. And he said, and great is the fall of that house. It's awful. He said, but here's the man who hears my word and does my word. He's like a man that dug deep and built on a rock, got foundation. The same storms come. House still stands. Same winds blowing, same floods rising, but the house still stands. And that's what is so good about having your life built on the Word of God uh, and, and uh, having the, the Holy Ghost inside of us so they can lead us and guide us into the truth of God's Word, take us into deeper places. The Scripture says the Spirit searches out the deep things of God, and, and you've got to dig deep. That's what he said. He didn't, say, he didn't say the rock was flat on top. He said he dug deep and, and got there. Man, we got to get out of this. Uh, last week's lesson was about go, having a deeper walk and invitation into the deep and walking in uh, deeper places. And, and that's what we got to do. We got to dig deep so that we can actually get on that foundation. I don't, I don't want to have a, a shallow I, could, I don't want to just be able to quote Acts 2.38 and think, well, like, you can't sprinkle Acts 2.38 on people like it's some kind of dust. <laughs> you know? Oh, I need something to happen in my life. Acts 2.38. You just messed my hair up. What is that? No, but you, you, you tell them, well, you know what? God's got a plan for that. And, and you can start telling them. What God did, you share the gospel with them. You share the story with them. You, you let them know you need, what you need is you need to have. I don't care where you're from, where you hang your hat, what you call yourself. Everybody needs a Pentecost. Everybody needs a this is that. You know, I wouldn't care if that first Baptist church right up there on the, I, I, I wish that right now, that their pastor was like, okay, we're going to read over 
because it's Pentecost. So we're going to read out of Acts 2 today. And I wish and pray to God that if he's reading that, that all of a sudden somebody will stand up, holler, and speak in tongues. And, 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 and you know what? And they can stay there. <laughs> Just, I, I'm not trying to come on over here now. No, stay there. You've been in the church 30 years. You've got friends and family, loved ones and roots there. Just convert them. <laughs> Have a Holy Ghost fit in the Baptist church. Now, if they ask you to leave, that's something else, uh, which they might. But, or maybe they just might be like all them other ones on that day of Pentecost that was laughing and mocking and questioning, saying this ain't nothing. And all of a sudden they realize this is that. And it's in the book, and it's happening right here in front of my eyes. I guess it's true. Maybe I could have that. And boom, then they get it. Then the next one, and then their pastor gets it. And then all of a sudden, we got a new big, you know, Holy Ghost filled apostolic church, whatever it wants to be, whatever they want to put on the sign right up the road. Because we all need this is that. Because this world, you know, uh, I know it's getting close. Uh, country made such a big deal about you know taking God out of so many things oh well you know that's the world well they took down the monument from the courthouse they took the ten commandments down see you still think about it written in stone but God said you're in a you're in a new covenant I get I get the sentimental aspect of that and we don't it's a visual thing it's something that we we don't want them removing God from things but they can't move God if if taking down a monument moved God then he's an idol and so yeah I'd rather them leave it up because I like I'd rather look at that than I would look at something else but you know but if they take it down it's already here because it's not written on the stone anymore. He wrote it down in my heart. He has put it in my heart. He read it in my mind, written it in my heart. And, and so I, whether it's visible on a ta tablet of stone anymore, you know, where are those tablets at? Nobody knows. Well, they, they, they believe somebody knows. I don't think nobody knows. I don't know where it is. But, you know, it's not about, even about, if they could produce the, those tablets that Moses carried down from the mountain, that would be awesome to see. But he's already written it here. It's already here. And, and that's where I, I want it to be. And that's why we can live this life without a monument. You know, what if they pass a law and says you can't, post any you can't have a sign that's got scripture on it oh I can't live for God no more they took the scripture off my sign I can't wear my Jesus t-shirt no more I don't know what I'm going to do what about my what would Jesus do shoelaces how am I going to get, get by anymore all these little rubber wristbands gone now it's like it ain't the green lantern's ring man it ain't like it, it ain't like you have taken, act like they're taking away Captain America's shield or something. That ain't, man, it's already written right here. It came from on high with the sound of a mighty rushing wind. It came from God Almighty poured out. And, and friend, let me tell you, that, 
the world, the government, ain't nobody can create an umbrella that can stop. It just goes right through. And if we want an outpouring of the Spirit, you can find it locked up in a jail cell and it'll break off chains and it'll cause prison doors to fly open. Uh, let me tell you, it, it can do the miraculous wherever we are. Honey, you can come on. I know I've got a brother here. But this is what uh, this is, this Pentecost is about. It's, you know, the, the, the Feast of Pentecost, God had several feasts throughout the year. That, and they were for Israel's, you know, to remember. To remember what God had done and to, to be mindful of him, be appreciative of how God had brought them through and, and different things like that. And that, that's why Jesus said even when we take uh, communion, it was, we're remembering that. Uh, that last, what we call the Last Supper, but it's like you know the Passover because it was the Passover. But um, he said it's a remembrance of me, and, and you know you're thankful to him for the sacrifice and the blood, and that's and so we think of Pentecost now, and I'm thankful for God's provision, but I'm also thankful because for Israel it was about the the harvest that they were bringing in, so God's provision, but it's also about his word and his law that he gave them that could provide for them to live upright and moral. And so they had these things. Well, now we've got this all bundled up in one package. And when we have that, this is that experience, when we have that Pentecost in our life, that now the Spirit came in and it's through the Spirit that God writes on the tables of our heart. Oh. You know, that's a thing that shows you how powerful the difference between having it here and, and here, heart, inside, is that it's, it's like you can read the ingredients of a, of a hamburger and all the stuff that's going, well, that sounds good. What's it taste like? I don't know. But man, if you get that same hamburger in your hand, take a bite of it, oh, it's so good. So good. Well, that's what this new covenant provides is for us to taste and see that the Lord is good. Because once he writes in your heart through the Spirit, that's why you can see little baby new converts doing things. You think, boy, they, they act like they've been in church a while. They, could, they can't quote three scriptures, but they can live because it's in here. Because they're just listening to the Holy Ghost. It's, well, what I, I was like that. I, I knew I, I probably couldn't even quote John three sixteen correctly. Uh, I could probably say for God so loved the world. That was about it. I didn't know Bible. I, but when I got it, I just started laying stuff down. Well, why are you doing that? Something's telling me to do it. Something saying. You need to get rid of this. You need to do this. I, I remember that night I came into my, opened the door to my bedroom. It looked like a horror chamber. Skeletons all on the wall and uh, just rock and roll posters and, you know, just all kind of stuff everywhere. And I could feel it at the doorway of my room. And I was just like there was something on my shoulder going, this stuff's got to go. I went in the kitchen, got a garbage bag, went back in there and started taking stuff down, putting stuff in the garbage bag. Why? I wouldn't, I wouldn't say, let me see what the Bible says about, about this. 
because God had already stamped in my heart. And so the Holy Ghost was leading me in truth and leading me into things. I understood later because I would begin reading about, oh, his flesh and things. Oh, I see now. I understand. Now I know why. But he said, yeah, but I'm not going to make you wait till you have, what if you don't have that Bible study for a year? I'm not going to let you keep going on in that stuff for a year. I'll lead you through it now. I'll lead you through it now. Let's stand together. God wants us to live for him, live our life for him. He's got a way that he loves, and I love his ways. I love the Lord. Amen. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Lord, we love you so much today. Thank you for the outpouring of your spirit. Thank you, God, for giving us what we need, Lord, through that, that great day, Lord, where you provided for us to have our sins washed away in your mighty name, and, Lord, where you filled us with your spirit. And Lord, let us now live in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and listen to the guiding of the Spirit as it takes us into all truth. Lord, let us recommit ourselves and Lord, refashion ourselves after your word. And Lord, if, if our heart's gotten hard, then Lord, let us come back to you at an altar of repentance and find a place where our heart can be made soft again where you can write on the tables of our heart, God. Put your spirit in our heart, God, so we can serve you as we should. Lord, we just ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise today. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. What a mighty God. Thankful for today. I'm thankful that this is that isn't a fairy tale. I'm glad it's true. And I'm sure glad I've experienced it. And, and man, I wish everyone on the planet would. It would be great. So tell somebody about it. Tell them what happened to you. Tell them about your Pentecost and see what they think about it. And tell them it's for you too. For the promises unto you, to your children, and all that are afar off. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Oh, he's, he's calling. He's calling. God bless you. Let's find a place to pray before the next service.